So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection Now with your hosts, Jean Victoria Norlock and Rick O'Shields, bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Everyday Connection Now. I am, yet again, Rico Shields, and far to my north, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm a giraffe. You're a giraffe. That's funny. That was what I was going to mm-hmm. banter about, and see, you've struck on it without my assistance again. <laughs> Imagine that. So you all work together well, and yeah, we don't know how, but we do, <clears throat> because I wanted to talk about it, the... It just came out, it just came out, because I was thinking today about what a laughter-filled day it's been, really. Um, I think we started, like, first thing in the morning, and the jokes just kept coming, and it's just been that way all day long. rolling all day long, and that's really a great way to be, and, um, but yeah, I was... And I it was, all started uh, with a giraffe. In, in gratitude and appreciation for the amount of um, hilarity, you know, surfing on the sea of hilarity that ensued uh, and was so joy-filled and all of that that could be extracted from a riddle and a picture of giraffe. Um, and I, I thought I was going to explain to everybody about the riddle and what it was and all that, but it, apparently it's been written up in the Chicago Trib and it's been, been on the Examiner UK. It's It's a global phenomenon and and uh uh but you can all yeah, big news you can all swing by Nikki's Nikki's page even the some of them even made it on the everyday connection page but you can you can swing by Jean's real real person page and 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 see just the string of of uh <laughs> silliness that ensued from the giraffe giraffiness and um yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, so we were a little giraffey and um but but please don't anybody start calling me Jeffrey because it's you know she's the one with the giraffe picture but because um, I refuse to play because I'm until tomorrow fine. yeah it comes until down, tomorrow it comes down tomorrow yeah Rick's a party pooper he didn't play the game um, yes my my big giraffe tongue picture is coming down tomorrow yes I got the riddle wrong but according to the Tribune I actually didn't get it wrong I got it right I well see I think that. People so shifted I'm, from. No, I think people are. You know, the, the the riddle is about your parents knock on the. You know, you wake up and your parents are knocking on the door at 3 a.m. and you have this list of stuff and it's what I don't know, cheese, wine, honey stuff, and they list yeah. like eight things, and then they the, the the question is, what do you open first? And um, of course, if if my parents were knocking on the door at 3 a.m., I'd open be opening the bottle of wine first, but. Um, 
Um, well, that's what, but the that answer, was my first immediate response because my parents are my parents have both gone wee. So you know, if yeah. they're not on the at three a.m., I'm going to need the wine. But yeah, but but. <laughs> and I thought, no, it's got to be a trick. So it's got to be the door. Yeah, answer the door, and that is the original answer <laughs> to the original riddle. And and of course the story is if you get the if you get the riddle wrong you have to put your profile picture as a giraffe and in your case it was what three days and the original yes the original joke was a week and um, but apparently somebody oh, along the line wanted to get their friend and their friend answered it right so they changed and said no no it's not the door the first thing you open is your eyes which is nonsensical to me because. When I wake up, my eyes, that's kind of one of the first evidences of me being awake is that my eyes are open. Be awake. Yeah. And, um, totally. But, um, but regardless of right, wrong, or indifferent, the, 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 the point is the amount of joy and the amount of laughter and the amount of good feelings uh, that, that we were able to extract from that little thing. That little thing. And, Absolutely. Uh, because, frankly, if you wait for the big things, you could wait a while. And I'd rather go ahead and laugh now. And, uh, of course, people know well, that about me with the bad jokes. I find jokes, it really I fascinating. What I find, what I find so fascinating is that we can post inspirational content. We can post, um, you know, I mean, goodness gracious, our topics on the show range from politics to social issues to education to, you know, always spirituality because everything's spiritual and that's that. But... And we post this stuff constantly, and it, it's very rare that you see as much interaction as we've actually seen off of some of these giraffe photos. And we're talking total strangers who've never met before are getting together on the Internet, and they're laughing together, and they're joking with each other, and they're playing off each other's comments. And, and that, to me, is such a beautiful thing. If somebody in the United States can make somebody in the United Kingdom laugh, first thing in the morning, and it's a person that they've never met. Yeah, we, we totally won this battle. Yeah. Humanity's got it. We're it's, it's on our awesome way. Now. Don't worry about it. We're good. And, uh, but know? we did get a notice. It is pretty awesome. We, we did get a notice from Facebook because Jean made a – she asked me to find Pinky in the Brain for her, and I found a nice picture of Pinky in the Brain with room for text, and she wrote on there, you know, what are we doing tonight, Pinky? And the same thing we do – uh, what are we doing tonight, Brain? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. We're helping the giraffes try to take over the world. And we've been notified by Facebook that that post is perform outperforming 95% of the posts that we make on the Everyday Connection page. So um, we found the recipe to, to uh, media domination, and it's Pinky and the Brain. They're going to help us take over the airwaves, apparently. Enlighten equals... <clears throat> Lighten up. Yeah, it's a big part of that whole enlightenment thing is to enlighten up. Just enlighten up what we do over there, you know. And, um, and because because laughing is, it's just so good for you. And um, so it was. It was. It was one of those fun times when you're able to take, you know, some silliness and spread it around the globe. <clears throat> That's always cool. Make make sure you're connected to your laughter every day. Everyday connection. That's it. Okay, show's yes. over. We can all go home. Oh, oh no, wait. We have a guest. We can't go home. No, we have a guest. We can't go home. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'll never forget the first time that happened that we asked the guests the question and they gave the answer and Jean was so impressed she said, "All right, that's it. Show's over." And the poor guests thought we weren't kidding. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, you don't know us too well, but you'll know. That's, that's, that's why we have such lofty goals here. We have only one, really, with the show. Have fun. Have fun. That's it. So we're going to have some fun and hilarity along with some some seriouser, uh, seriouser look at stuff uh, because we're thrilled to have with us tonight. Uh, author and speaker and and all around wonderful person, Diane Collins. How are you, Diane? Welcome. I am absolutely fabulous. Thank you, Rick and Jean. Wonderful to be here. I was thinking. Sorry. Do I have to wait for the question? Oh no! You... <laughs> I was thinking. No, no. Go ahead. We're thinking. Speak. Yeah, well, I'll tell you something a little bit more serious in a moment. But what you were saying, first of all, I'm fully aligned on having fun as the key and uh, intent for life. But, you know, when you were saying, Jean, well, when someone from the United States can make someone from the United Kingdom laugh and someone they don't know, I was thinking, I was laughing because I'm from the United States and my husband is from the United Kingdom and every morning I try to I try to get him to laugh not try but you know I have that intent for us to laugh and I was thinking oh but I know him but then in quantum thinking which of course is what I you know that's my Job Bailey in Wick. life with a capital J at the at the at the moment that we have this practice which is to listen from not knowing. You have to do this as a conscious act because, of course, all of us always listen from what we know, what we've experienced, what we think, what we imagine, what we opine, and so to listen from not knowing like to actually clear the space so that you can be literally in that, quote, now moment with the other person, then you can do this as a, you know, an instantaneous act of consciousness where you say, you know, the other person starts talking. This is somebody I sat across the breakfast table for the last 24 years we've been married and we work together. Alan is his name. And, and so I just thought, oh, that's great, because I'm listening from not knowing as if I don't know him. And then that allows for whatever might emerge in the, you know, in the mind, what I call the thoughtosphere, the mind field, and that, you know, infinite intelligent field so there we are but i thought that's good someone from the united states me i can make someone from the united that's states awesome. laugh every day. so i'll always that remember awesome. that jean victoria thank you that's awesome we do aim to uh synchronistically please all our guests <laughs> We have a friend, we call him George, he takes care of that. Um, things just tend to flow out of my mouth and 
be in alignment with whoever happens to be on the other end. It's kind of cool. <laughs> All right. It's a fun little game we play. It is. So Diane from the United States, who's married to somebody from the UK, who on earth are you and what do you do? Who on earth am I? Isn't that the big question? Um, and that's what Isn't I want to ask that question, sure. Uh, I'll answer it in a real way, but since you ask who on earth, you know, I always think of it this way. It's simultaneously we have the, what we could say, the imminent, let's use the, the words here, uh existence which is you know the role we play i'm a woman i'm such and such age which i think of myself as ageless i you know all those different things a wife a daughter a sister whatever and simultaneously i love to relate to myself in the transcendent in that that awareness where, you know, when we all say we are one, we are interconnected, we're interrelated, even that wording separates a little bit, but you know what I'm talking about, being that your show is spiritually based. So I think of myself as uh, that, like having, you know, this panoply, this color like that every one of us have, are all of our unique idiosyncrasies and characteristics and that which makes us unique. And at the same time, having no characteristics other than the being an expression of that one, all that is. Now that's, that's my esoteric answer. Um, and good answer uh but it, you know it's all i have to say that it's authentic for me that's authentic for me and you know i'm a girl girls like to have fun <laughs> i i like to have fun and i think you know i woke up into this earth world thinking deeply and uh say you know i once i met isaac the Chavez singer do you know who that is he was a um not everybody may know who it is, but I do not. A very a very famous uh Nobel laureate in literature. And um he I met him about maybe ten years ago. I mean he since passed away. I met him when he was about eighty two because he he was from Poland and he, uh, a Polish Jewish man living in New York, he won like every award, you know, from the New York Times, 25 year, golden, whatever. And just a very, very, very um, excellent craft, great sense of humor, wonderful writer, very intense, really, you know, dug into your soul, let's say, with his writing. Anyway, one day in this... I was crazed trying to write a romance story. And I thought, oh, I, why am I stuck? I'm a natural writer. 
why is this so difficult for me? And I thought, I heard Isaac Bashevis Singer is living, you know, just a few miles away in Miami Beach, Florida, where I live. I'm going to call him. And I looked up his number. I called him up, and he answered the phone. Hello? And I went, wow. I went, Isaac, you don't know me, but I need your help. This is a true story. And I actually, it's in Do You Quantum Think, my book, and because it has a purpose to it which will get to the purpose. And so he said, oh, because uh, I, I, I had been a philosophy major and then I went to work in a corporation and I was doing marketing and then I was try, doing writing because I w- wanted to get myself to be independent. And so he said, a philosopher turned what did you say? A philosopher turned marketer turned writer? This I've got to meet. That's exactly how he said it. And so we met the next day. I know I'm going to forget the purpose of this, this conversation. Oh, because he had this classic line. I said, well, Isaac, you know, how did you know when you wanted to be a writer? Now I was interviewing him, right? Over the, we were sitting in this 50s diner over a cup of coffee. And he said, well, when I came out and the midwife, and the, my mother asked the midwife, what is it, a girl or a boy? And she said, it's a writer. I can't do his accent, but you get the idea. <laughs> so I was born to borrow, to riff off of Isaac Singer. I was born a metaphysician. So, you know, I woke up and then, you know, four years old, I was pinching my arm saying, hmm, what's this? You know, what is this creature? What is this life? And and really, that's how it went. So I was always thinking deeply and I um, wanted, my big question was, is, but was, okay, we have all this wisdom in the world we have so much wisdom that channels through each of us individually collectively we have all the ancient scriptures you know what I'm talking about more and more every day becomes accessible because of our wonderful technology and so my question was with 6,000 years of wisdom or more available at the touch of a smartphone or a tablet now, how is it we're still not living it? So at a young, you know, teenage, I would say, I was asking that question. And thus began the quest of Diane Collins to discover, you know, I thought, well, the only thing that is going to make any difference here is there has to be a leap in consciousness. There has to be an awakening. And I don't even know at the time how did I know any of this. However, (laughs) how do we know anything, right? We come in with it. We're connected to all that is infinite intelligence, and we we tune into it. And and there it is for us. So I basically spent my life investigating what would enable me to discover a way that not only for myself, but for others, 
to actually go from merely, and I do mean merely, knowing wisdom, espousing the wisdom, uh, aspiring to the wisdom, to actually living it, to actually integrating it. And, you know, eventually I created Quantum Think, which is a system of 21 principles. I call them distinctions in think in new thinking. It's, you know, not really new, but it's new. I'll call it new. And for me, it, it, you know, it's like I was putting it all together. I was always noticing that I wanted to show people a new world view, another way, a way of looking beyond the automatic conditioned beliefs that I now have a theory about. But uh, so that we could have a different, you know, a more fulfilling, a more satisfying, a more enjoyable experience of life and know that we have the power, the wherewithal to create the life and the world we want. So it really came to me as, you know, so I thought I, you know, was really looking at it had to be a spiritual awakening and then discovered along the way quantum physics and the quantum physicists who were also realizing this merging between science and spirituality. And I thought, hmm, wait a minute, you know, I can use this because people in our culture believe science, right? It's a kind of a uh, god I, in our... Yeah, if you can wear ahead. a lab... Well, if you can wear a lab coat and you've got way too many pens and pencils up there, people listen. <laughs> That's exactly right. And especially if it leaks, because then you're the absent-minded. <laughs> I don't really care whether my pen is leaking in the material world, because my head is in the, you know, cosmos. Yeah. So that's what, you know, I won't go into the whole story of how I created quantum think, but the idea, that's what it does. And, you know, thank you, oh, divine spirit, for because... I put together, as I say, everything you ever wanted to know about science and spirituality and didn't know to ask, and put it in a way to make it fun, entertaining, accessible, and to give ourselves, because I include myself in this, an experience to bring something into our awareness, I call it the art of distinguishing, a new world's view of learning. You bring something into your experience in such a way that it transforms your relationship to it. And so that was really what I put together because I basically discovered along the way that, you know, the old as you think so you become well if all you had the other question if all you had to do was change your thought to change the world why does my life still look the way it does because we imagine we think freely independently that we're choosing our thoughts every moment we have the opportunity every moment to choose the thought but again to the extent that we are automatic uh and you know, kind of in an automaticity about our thought patterns, our way of thinking, our belief systems. To that extent, we're not 
definitely a choice. And the bigger picture of the of what underlies quantum thinking is that we think in a system and the system is based in the prevailing world view very simply what the prevailing beliefs about the nature of reality and how it works so basically to to uh you know kind of complete a little bit on this question <laughs> that we're in a quantum age and we're still, for the most part, even those of us who I call the con- lovingly the consciousness crowd, even we are still very much silently conditioned by the old worldview, the industrial age worldview. So we're in a quantum age. We have all this expanded knowledge, awareness. We know we exist in fields. The basic paradigm shift from industrial age to the quantum age in terms of science is the shift from only matter is real, a physical-based, five-sensory reality, to a mind-based reality. Oh, consciousness is the source. You know, the nothingness, (laughs) which is non-sensory-based, which um, manifests as sensory based so it really is all one it's it's multi-dimensional but the but you know when you look at this you realize you know why don't we ever learn in school about the faculties of mind the power of intent how to use our intuition how does resonance work how do we tune into subtle energy and 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 transmute it and work with it well we don't learn that yet Traditionally, because our entire education system in the modern world is based on the old industrial age, five sensory reality, matter is real, so we study the brain. So what quantum thing does, and this is what I do, (laughs) is enable us to make that a literal quantum leap in consciousness to the, you know, a new framework for thinking so that we're of our own accord conditioning our own way of thinking in sync with these more up-to-date and more accurate principles that we can say are based in quantum science, now verifying the spiritual wisdom common to all wisdom traditions forever. And because that's the nature of nature, right? That's the nature of the universe. And what I like, because, again, I like entertainment, I like fun, is to, and I like practicality, is like, let's, you know, how does, how does, to get us living it in everyday, ordinary life, in our relationships, in everything we do, in our moment-to-moment, how, you know, how am I feeling, as my cousin will say to me, guy, how am I feeling? So right. that's, I, that's the big up to the minute answer. There's a lot more to it, like, you know, my dream of creating a television series. But other than that, that's that's the essence. Well, we're going to talk about a lot more to it for sure. But that's I, I was just I have to say we love you because that is really kind of what's behind everyday connection the idea of everyday connection is it okay we've got 
we've got channels, we've got ancient wisdom, we've got science, we've got all this stuff, and we talk about it, and it, it's wonderful, and it sounds so wonderful, and it's. But what's that look like when you get up in the morning, or you're stuck in traffic, or you're? Well, how does that work? As opposed to because it's great to philosophize. I, you know, many in my family would tell you that I was fine until I took philosophy. And and then I went ooh, and and um, because it, when I was young, I I thought that was all over, that the philosophy philosophizing had gotten over with long ago in marble statues and somewhere in Greece. And I got to college, I found out people were still you know trying to figure this stuff out, and I was like ooh, I want to do that. And uh, as my father would say, he said, yeah, but you can't get a job doing that. And, well, okay, it took me a while to figure it out, but here we go, here we are. Um, and and um, it, because theory is grand, but you know what's what's that mean when the rubber hits the road? Exactly. And you know, I, <laughs> I'm you know pretty much I I know. Are you still there? We're all still here. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I thought we lost our connection. Oh, everyday connection. We don't use. We never lose our connection, right? We're always online. Absolutely. I, I, um, uh, I actually say in. Let me plug my book title for a minute. Do you want thing? That, you know, knowing all this is uh, it's it's irrelevant. Just what you said, Rick. It really, because, and how do we know this? You know, read the daily headlines. But, you know, I came up with something where I also did not want to blame anyone or any of us. You know, like making this group wrong or what's wrong with these people or what's wrong with those people. And I have to tell you something, Jean, that leads back to what you what your conversation was with Rick at the beginning um, is that before I came on to the show and I do this a lot I go on a lot of shows uh, I open my book anywhere right the old random your unlocal mind which I will love to talk about with all of us awesome. intelligence I do that all the will time. always good right yeah, we'll always go book. to the right place okay so listen to this every time uh because you were talking about uh, waking up you know the whole giraffe thing and i listened to what mm-hmm. i opened up to before we even got on this connection together it's a quote from Hafiz, Sufi master and master poet. And it's obviously one of his uh, poetry lines. And it goes like this, and I quote, What is this precious love and laughter building in our hearts? It is the glorious sound of a soul waking up. I was thinking, now that's pretty interesting, right? Because of that whole waking up and, 
now, making oh, somebody laugh. No, I was going back to the blood, right? And making it now. Isn't that interesting? Because that totally connected in, or at least I made, I made the connection. <laughs> We're here making everyday connections. I'm connecting <laughs> that Hafiz <laughs> with the giraffe jokes. But you know, because you said Rick, right? Well, what happens? What, what's the first thing when you wake up? And I thought, if you were looking at a soul, what's the first thing that happens when a soul, S-O-U-L, wakes up? It's like an interesting question. But I wanted to say, instead of blaming people, since I have this premise of quantum thinking that, you know, why aren't we choosing our thoughts? Well, because our thinking is conditioned by this old industrial age worldview. And it's, you know, quantum thinking is not about science. It's about how the discoveries of science are shaping the way we think. So what, how would, it was called the uh, classical mechanical worldview, the universe as machine, the body as machine, divide it into parts, figure out how the parts work. You know, there was nothing really holistic thinking about it. I don't mean holistic as alternative medicine. I'm talking about holistic as the way the universe works and whole system. And so I say, what if there's nothing wrong with us? What if it's just that and that? stage of evolution that this is the worldview that we projected because I guess we, you know, scientists of that time, the beginning of rational science, they needed to organize, you know, make up the scientific disciplines, categorize laws, try to get, you know, the wild nature a little bit under some organization and, you know, control so we could live in a more organized society. And so in many ways, you could say, we became mechanical, not to criticize any of us, but we became a little bit mechanical too in that, you know, that automatic, what I call, I borrow a term, least action pathway, the least creative action, least awakened thinking action, you know, just the way the energy or the thought goes because it's been that route before. And this, you know, creates neural connections and, you know, these automatic pathways. You think, well, are if people are conditioned under a physically based worldview, in the physical, even though we know we're in an energetic dimension, we're in a consciousness, you know, mind dimension, we're in the cosmic dimension of, you know, the scientific law and everything. But if your orientation is in the physical, well, in the physical dimension, we look separate. We look different. And so, you know, is that, where, where does prejudice, bigotry, the either or of politics. You mentioned you talked about politics. I like to talk about politics too. Now, where does this divisiveness come? And, you know, you can trace back and say, oh, people want to hold on to power and all that. It's 
second and third chakra, you know, we're stuck there. Maybe that too. But when you think about what happens when you wake up, right, getting back to that beginning conversation full circle, is I'd like to hear what you both think. And awake, what happens when you wake up is the connection to heart, right? It's the heart awakening. So suppose you are in a society like this, operating, you know, machine-like in the first three, you know, with the focus on the first three chakras that simply said survival, right? Survival, safety, power, and and then you get to that middle of our being, the heart, and isn't that the thing that awakens when the soul? So, you know, instead of blaming everyone, I like to look at it as, oh, these are souls, <laughs> as Sophie says, the sound of souls awakening. And maybe it doesn't all look that way right now. It's all, you know, we know the great stuff that's going on that you talk about. And at the same time, we're seeing the, well, I would say, the culmination of what can no longer work for humanity as we're going into this great leap. So... That's how I see it, like that soul awakening. So we don't have to blame each other. We don't have to say, why is that person such a jerk? Why is that, you know, whatever the opposite of your political party is, right? Yeah, who came up with this this mechanic, mechanical education system thing? Anyway, let's go find them. Kill them. <laughs> and I, I, think, I think you've hit on... That's great. I think you've hit on something that's, that's really important and needs to be explored further. One of the things that we discuss often here, one of the things that um, I write about often is this this idea of choice and per- perception. So, you know, I know, I know that Eckhart Tolle speaks of it. Um, I wrote of it quite by accident in my second book without knowing what it meant. But going back to, you know, part of that discussion where where people are still asking, where's my stuff? Why isn't it working? Why is that guy over there being such a, an idiot? Um, well, it's because you can see him being an idiot, first of all. <laughs> and so we have to make a choice to bring our awareness into alignment with the things that we want to continue to exist and that we want to expand and choose to not give energy to the things that don't. But, as you said, in the process of doing that, we have to also recognize that in the process, there wouldn't be anything to ha- make a choice about. If we had come here with full knowledge, it was full, complete, able to live as a complete, fully functioning, blended being. That's like the, the perfect merging of the spiritual and the physical. Um, which we speak about on the show often, is blended beingness. If we had come here with that, why would we have bothered? And that's what it gets back to in the end of all things, is that you have to ask yourself, okay, 
if I'm here having this physical experience, why did I do that if not to have the full physical experience? I I often think of that, that core creative source as this really curious being that just wanted to know what it would be like. So it's layman's terms, it's kind of an experiment. What works? What doesn't work? And how can we have growth and expansion if we don't have a space to grow or expand from? And and growth and expansion is a process. It doesn't just poof and it's done. Or what would be the point? We need things like duality. We need things like time. We need things like politicians robbing us blind. I hate to say it, but that's part of the experience. It's part of our journey and our choice, the choice that we made before we even came here to do this physical dance, the choice that we made. That's all part of it. It's all part of it. So there's nobody really to blame at all, like you said. Right. Yeah. There's we nothing, agreed to it. There's no boogeyman. There's just everybody right. doing, the, doing the best they can with what they've got. And, and um, you know, you wake up here. You kind of look around and go, "Wow, this is weird," and and then you look to people that are already here <laughs> to to explain to you the weirdness, and they give you what all they've got, which is their view they've been taught. And um, uh, I would imagine, and, and I'd have to do a lot of research that I'm probably not prepared to do, but I would imagine that the real paradigm shifts in human humanity as a collective were not they sort of didn't make sense. You know, when you had not that mechanistic view and everybody was, you know, trying to explain, no, 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 wait, the Earth's not the center. The sun's the center, I can tell, because I can look. And it's, it's right, see, look up here. And and they're like, yeah, but I, no, it, 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 what? You're insane. Lock him up somewhere. and uh, Or burn him or whatever. And because it just is so foreign seeming. Uh, right at first, and um, you know, like coming to coming to Costa Rica. Where's the signal? Watch what? Ha ha ha! And um, <laughs> right. we, we we talk about There's it. Just, connection. Walking, watching these people exhale, watching them relax. It's because it, it, it's like their whole body just kind of ah, and then they're okay, you know. And um, you know, I wonder. I often wonder if folks from here go up to the United States and they have to get all agitated before they really fit in. Um, <laughs> but well, you know, they always have that culture shock. Yeah, because it's a very different paradigm, you know, that, that that they live by down here, and and it just really, from the outside looking in, doesn't make any sense. And uh, you know, fortunately, I have a little weak Spanish, and so I've been able to chat with folks and but as far as the you know i was like oh i'm finally home i can relax um but it but it does because it leaves you with this there's an old zen proverb about um in the expert's mind the options are few but in the beginner's mind the options are many and in this condition conditioned, trained, that's just the way it is mentality and framework, it it, it does. You don't have, you, you have the illusion of choice, but your choices are highly limited. 
Um, right, to the extent that you are functioning in any way automatic. But when you can free yourself of the conditioning in the moment, it's like this is I, this is the master. I say the paradox of mastery is it's a moment by moment proposition. So I want to get back to the Costa Rica in a second, but I can't over what uh, also what what Jean was talking about. Where well, you're both saying you no, know, you come here to this earth, <laughs> right? And we have these stories or these actual inner knowings, we would say, that, you know, soul picked it, you're on your, your evolutionary journey, you're here, and now you're going to have whatever. And, you know, I like to study astrology. I've been a student for many years. So that has, you know, another little way of looking at it, you know, as a kind of a blueprint for the soul. And then you have choice, as you were saying. If you can free yourself at, from that condition, automatic conditioning, enough to exercise your choice. So I was thinking uh, when Jean was speaking about it is that to me I look at it like this. what What's going on? You know, what do we know for sure? We know there's creation. And we know, and you're really referring to this, Rick, infinite possibility. That's actually the third distinction in the quantum thing system. It's every moment, there's an infinite number of ways that we can, uh, let's say, tune in, you know, where our awareness can go, how reality can manifest for us. The world, you know, they say, exists on the screen of our own consciousness. So it's whatever we click into, to use a metaphor of the internet. Now, so if this creation, and we have been divinely endowed, born with the power to create. So when you look at the choice and, you know, what you were talking about, Jean, like, you come here and you're thinking, or let's let's call let's call God God, right? Okay. So God's thinking, or whatever you think of as God, even if you're an atheist, you're in relationship to God, by the way. But so you're you no know, choice whatever there, really. it is. <laughs> No, I mean, it is not, what it is. If you're an atheist, you're, you're in relationship to God, right? So that's what I call yeah. out-of-the-box thinking, which quantum thinking is not out-of-the-box. It's like it's, a, it's generating a, a different reality. That, because if you're out-of-the-box, you're still in relation to the box. If you're atheist, you're still in relation to theist. So you're really, there's nothing unique about that at all. But the point is that that's just a little bit of a, uh, my attempt at being at, at humor about it. But let's say God's going, yeah, like you say, yeah, I'm curious. How is this experiment going to work out? So we're born with the power to create. And then it becomes a question of, 
you know, in this complexities of, you know, ethics or, you know, feeling in our heart knowing what's right or thinking we know what's right or exposure to, you know, did we grow up in Costa Rica or did we grow up in New York City and, you know, how did that condition us to all that, that you now we get to create a world the way that we want to create it. Now, the the caveat, the dilemma is we have to know, in order to create, you have to know the dynamics of creation. You have to know what are the dynamics of how we create our reality. And then that gets to the core principle, which you mentioned, Jean, of, you know, in science it's called the observer effect, because you think, well, if what I hold in my consciousness, my awareness, is my reality, and we can do the little, I'd say the little experience right now, the thought experience is you know what can what can you become aware of that you're not aware of right now even in your imagination you can only be aware of what you're aware of right now whatever that is whether it's you know the glass on the table filled with water which I'm looking at or whether I'm you know imagining myself into the far reaches of the galaxies either way you can only that's our reality right now so when you when you look at that and you think, what am I bringing to my observation? The observer effect means the instrument of observation has an effect on what we see. That was the great Heisenberg experiment, you know, that the instrument through which they're looking at a particle of energy or you know, was having an effect itself. So there was there was always uncertainty. You could never get an absolute, you know, in this case, and velocity at the same time as I say. So then I adapt that and say, well, what is the instrument of observation for people, for us, for you and me, is what we, the assumptions, beliefs, ideas that we bring to the observation so as you said Jean is the guy a jerk you know that would be the old world view separation something is a certain way fixed reality the industrial age world taught us that reality has fixed way that it is the quantum age world teaches us no that's incorrect there's nothing fixed and solid. It's a universe of energy and flux, informed by intelligence, always shifting and changing. And as human conscious, aware, you know, observers, we are the focal point. And so it's, is the guy a jerk? Even if you have evidence, you know, of all the behaviors, well, not, that's not the truth. Because 
we can, as you pointed out, what we bring to our observation is what gives us our experience. So even if you have a conclusion based on a stack of evidence from the past, you know, your ex-wife, your current husband, whatever it is, your mother, that we have, this is where the power of creation comes in, if you understand the dynamics of creation, you realize, oh, intent. I can interrupt that automatic pattern conclusion that I've made about this person and create a new intent, bring something new to the observation, and that's going to shift the whole quality of connection and relationship. And this is one of thinking. So we call letting it letting it soak in a minute when when something awesome has been said. Um, we're get, we're getting close it was to our really awesome. we're getting we're getting close to our halfway point and and uh, so we're we're going to take a break here just momentarily but uh, briefly for folks because for a long time quantum physicists didn't want to talk about it the observer effect too much um, because it kind of leads to the. It, 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 logic, if you just use logic, it kind of leads to the none of this exists. It's all an illusion. And they're supposed to be men of science, you know, experiments and repeatable and things you can get a hold of. And um, But it, 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 it really does. You, you can set up an experiment in, 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 in quantum physics and what you're able to measure and or what you're looking for changes what you see. And it's really quite stunning um, when you because it I mean physically can physically does that um, the famous double slit experiment they you know are trying to figure out whether lights a wave or a particle and so when they measure for you know light being a wave it's a wave and when they measure for light being a particle it's a particle and they're like what it can't be both I've been taught since I was a child it's either black or white, day or night. It, it can't be both. It, but it is. The experiment's easily repeatable. Um, they do it in colleges all the time. And um, uh, so it's quantum physics has really kind of discovered that it, it really can be both things at the same time, which is, you know, is that wall solid? Well, yeah, it is for my human body, I can't do much with it, but there's particles that go right through it, unaffected. And we think we're made out of the, those particles. So what? What? How does that work? And um, and it is. It is to a large extent. It's just. It, it's what you bring as the observer to the situation. Right. I say it, it, it really very simply. Great. What you bring is what you get. What we saying, Jean? It's the great paradox of our time, really. If you want to change or, quote, unquote, save the world, then you must come to a place of understanding that the world does not need to be saved. And you must know that to be a truth. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It, it really is. Ah! You know, and, and say that to people, and they 
kind of look at you like, what? What? <laughs> I said, but that's how it works. That it's it's so simple and so complex. It it's it's one of those things that you simply must experience for yourself and and, and see to be a truth. Yeah. And once you know it to yeah. be a truth, and once you tap into it to be a truth, then you can take it out into the world, and you can change things in ways that you never imagined possible. That's right. That's the real alchemy, right? So in, that's who, we're alchemists because, and you know, you said something really important there about, and this is why. I say, you know, like people say, well, how does that quantum think? You know, what's the method is the art of just to give yourself an experience because going from when you say that, oh, there's the world, there's nothing to save, you could hear that, you could intellectualize it, which we would say in our business, you would, you know, know it as a concept. And as a concept, it's still separate from you. You know, that conceptual, mm-hmm. I call it conceptual aspect of knowing. And then we want to, but then you might, you know, you bring it into your experience in some way. And it doesn't have to be in a way where there's outer proof. It's just bringing it into your experience in, let's say, a way of wisdom where you can see the validity of what you're saying and realizing, okay, well, if we don't need to save the world, then then what do we do? And then you realize that it comes back, right, to the observer effect. It's that how we hold it. So if we don't need to save the world, then we're holding in place oh, the world is working and now, you know, who am I in this world? Who can I be in this world? What do I know about, you know, I've been given, you know, divinely bestowed with the power to create, at least in an ordinary human sense. So what am I creating? Am I creating consciously? Uh, as I like to say, you know, we're all going to awaken. Is it going to be a crisis awakening, which we've been in the patterning of, as it, you know, collectively, or can it be a conscious awakening? Right. Does the does that nasty alarm clock have and to go I off? I can choose a conscious awakening. Yeah, yeah. we or, can choose to have a little bit smoother, a little bit smoother ride. We don't have. To, it doesn't have to all blow up. It really doesn't. doesn't. Have to, and I say we don't have to do it out of fear either. That's why, like, what you know, the way you're talking about it, Gene, about you know, hey, wait a minute. Oh, I don't have to say save the world. <laughs> That's a load off my shoulders. Right. It really is. Yeah. It really is. And and I think that when and people tap into that too, right, on, on any level. It allows them a freedom to create and express on a new level. Yeah. In, in a whole new way. 
in a whole new way because you're operating from a different context. You're operating from, you know, like I talk a lot with our clients. When I say our clients, my husband, Alan Collins, is my partner. Right. In life and in business. And for many years, more than 15, uh, we have, you know, we consult in mostly now, I mean, all different people, you know, from students to artists to celebrities to, and we consult a lot of senior level executives in major corporations that you would know. And, um, you know, highly visible. We do that, you know, that's, a deliberate choice to do work, you know, and when, you know, there's something about these principles of quantum thinking that are, it's universal in all of us. It's not like I know something and you don't, you know, it's that we're each presencing this awareness, this consciousness. You you two are doing it the way that you do it, many ways that you both do it. I know you have more than, you know, you have a show in many ways you do it, I know. And the way that we do it, and so we're quantum thinking, and the reason I brought that up, because we talk about these shifts in context where the media, for example, is, you know, operates in the context of what's wrong. You know, what went wrong, or as I like to call the local news, the accident and murder report. You know, I think if they really called it, instead of the news, the accident and murder report, would people still keep watching in the way? But the media is operating from the context, what went wrong, what is going wrong, what could go wrong. As a focus, generally speaking, would you agree with that? Absolutely. You know. Concept. Right. I agree that that has, well, that has been our habit. I do believe, though, right. having kept a very close eye on the media of late, that it is changing rapidly. And I love no, it. because it's love changing it. as we change because there is no, quote, media. There is, well, there are fields, okay? So that's, I love to talk about fields after the break. But there are fields of, you know, cultural fields, gender fields, different fields. So there's a media field, but basically it's individuals. So you're, you know, that's so right on where we're, as we awaken, right, keep awakening, then whatever we express, whether we're journalists, whether we're reporters, whether we're, you know, documentarians, movie makers, whatever realistic makers that you're going to put that consciousness into it so yeah the whole thing is shifting now I'm really glad you said that because it's again not an is it's just a tendency or as you say a habit I call it a least action pathway of the media you know just that habitual way so now but I brought it up in the context of context because the contextual shift, which you were talking about, Rick, that what if we create a context 
that no fan okay. yeah oh, I'm sorry we lost you there for oh, a second we lost you for a second <laughs> oh okay well I don't know when I got lost but um, <laughs> but it is I mean it 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 really is it's the old thing of uh, you know the Explorer comes across the not never contacted indigenous folks and his camera and his lighter and his things are magic. And to him they're just chemical reactions. Well, it's just context, it's perception. It's it's context. It's what you're you know they don't have a context to put that in, so it's magic. Exactly. Now I have a little I like to make a little distinction around that word perception. Um, you'll go along with me for a moment because I think it's a it's a you know it's a subtlety, but I think it's an important one. It's, it shows how how we are all, yours truly included, you know, conditioned by the old physical worldview because perception is of the senses. This is an important distinction between perception and observation, not observation like what I'm seeing visually, you know, we're not all visual either, but not what the way that I'm seeing something out there, that's how I think of about perception, but what I'm bringing to it, this observer effect, what I'm bringing, the instrument of observation and how I use it, observation, what we hold in awareness, what we hold in consciousness. So it's not that we're seeing something out there. It's that we're generating something in our own observatory. In our own observance. But you see, that word perception, I like to make that distinction because I that throws us into the physical. What do you think about that? Well, I think a lot of people are are, are tempted to go that way. And, and, and that it's that perception, sense. that perception is some concrete thing. But you know the the indigenous guy and the and the explorer are both looking at the same thing their eyes are seeing the same object down there supposedly we that's a whole other show but it you don't just bring your eyes to the thing you bring your beliefs you bring your conditioning you you know and all of those act as filters before it gets to what you observe in your consciousness exactly right right on well, let's let's take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk uh, uh, more about the book. And your and, assumptions. And even a lot of this. Okay. And um, uh, so, gosh, Jean, what do we what do we play for there? We don't know? Jordans don't know? When you don't know? Because we like don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, don't let's know is a good place to be in. Let's give us some Jordan Okren, uh don't know. And um, and um, that will bring us right back after the break where we're going to talk more about Diane's book and we're going to talk more about, we're going to give you all the information on how you can find Diane and Jordan and us 
um, on the interwebs, the intertubes, the the what are they? Internet. That's it. <laughs> and uh, so we'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Don't know. And you don't know. And you just don't know. And you don't know. And you just don't know. And you don't know. And you just don't know. And you don't know. And you just 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 don't know. And
right. Welcome back, everybody. Again, that was our dear friend, Jordan Okrand, first guest at the Phoenix Nest and all of that. You can find him at jordanokrand.com, J-O-R-D-A-N-O-K-R-E-N-D.com. So check him out. He's got lots of very, very cool music, very cool guy. Cool guy. He came to visit you, right, Jane? He did. He did. He's so chilling. He's just one of the most laid-back people I've ever met. It's but really he, cool. But he got a lot done. See, people think chilling means no accomplishment. Oh, yeah. But he, like, he like yeah, picked up stuff no. y'all been waiting on for months. Worked hard. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, he did. He did work hard. Um, and, and he rested a lot, too, which is kind of cool. He said that oh, that's he, very cool. It's that... Something something about my house makes him sleepy, makes him comfortable enough to just relax and sleep. All he wanted to do was sleep. Which is awesome. I keep telling people I'm I'm pretty sure it's the I'm pretty sure it's the quartz crystal in the ground. Same thing that plays with my, my equipment and my Internet connection. Skype and, connection and Yeah. My T V and my phone, yeah. It's the quartz in the ground. But we digress. Well, you know, you're talking about a state, right? No, a state, the state that you're in. We were just chatting before we came back on about resonance, right? Right. So the frequency of that, whatever that field is, I don't know about your quartz crystal, but it and it could be you, Jean. You're blaming I, it on the crystal. I, <laughs> I might be your fault. You. I am blaming it on I the think crystal. He's it's chilling it very out. well could be my fault. I think very well could be my fault. The, it's 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 something we've worked very hard to create here. This is our our safe zone, so to speak. You know, this is this is our haven. So it's something that we've worked very hard on creating, that when people come in the door, leave your internal yuck outside, please, because this is this is our safe zone. And so it is something that I think is kind of exuded throughout the household. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, and this is what I was uh, mentioning about fields, is that one of the things that you become very aware of as quantum thinkers is the fact that we exist in fields and because you know old worldview perception five sensory you know we don't see fields i mean some people do but i'm talking about in an ordinary sense you're not thinking that about the fact that which i was joking with you but i was wasn't joking that you know you create a field your home is a field Um, the family is a field and we are connected depending on our intent and you know the the level of relationship we could say like that using a little bit of the scientific terms coherence or incoherence that Let's say you go into a shopping mall, and that's a field, and it has a certain, but, you know, you're not, 
thinking about how you're connected to all those people. And, you know, it's a certain incoherence or fragmentation to the field, even though in a larger sense it does have its own organization. But what we realize is that we affect the field with what with our own frequency, with what we're vibrating, emanating, whatever wording that you want to use on it. So this idea of what you hold in awareness, you know, what your own state is our contribution. And so like when you say, well, you don't have to save the world, no, but when you have this level of awareness and you realize that, we, it's not like you, you want to influence a person, you know, who's in your family, a family field, let's say, with very, very powerful fields in this sense, in the sense of manipulation. Right. This right. is not in that realm where, you know, you're trying to control someone, you know, it isn't as like that. But you realize that what you're emanating, how we're thinking about something, how we're thinking about the world, what we are, you know, focusing on, dwelling in, in the way that we hold things, is it is emanating out and connecting out. And I like to use the example that's so simple, you know, like you walk, you walk into a party, and you know. One corner over here, you know, you could almost see like the negative energy field, you know, over the top of it. And, you know, you don't even have to know what the people are saying. You feel it. You will. In the other corner, there are people, you know, exuberant, happy, joyous, you know, accepting of one another, you know, the true wisdom, living the wisdom of unconditional love. And... You know, which one are you going to be attracted toward? So, well, if you like to grumble, maybe the other one. But it's just, it's really that simple. But when you start to live... <laughs> well, and, and everybody's experienced, too, I think, a room that's a bit somber or whatever, and then someone comes in and they're just exuding happiness, joy, and laughter, and and they can affect that field even if there was 10 people already in the room and it's just one that walked in it's like there's now this other energetic option that's exactly it. and I, I i like to think of it as it takes one to tango in a quantum world because of what you just said it's like that's so right on it's like so when we become aware that way it's like wow you know I can, you know, send someone my love. I can send someone a blessing. I can just send the field something great. And it's a when you st start to do this as a conscious practice, you know, that becomes your new habit. And it's and guess what? Since life is holographic, right? The whole is, is present in every, uh, every aspect of itself. So when we shift our state to send, if you're sending someone a blessing, joy, whatever, 
you can only do that if you're in the experience of it yourself. So that's the holographic nature of life. And so when you shift, the whole field shifts. And this is why, you know, what you're talking about, Rick, like it takes one to tango, one person, you know, one light, one tiny flicker illumines the total room, a total space. It's like that. It's like we're bringing the light. And I think the mastery is, because I like to think of this this life, this incarnation, this visit, this experiment, right, Jean, as yep. <laughs> an experiment in mastery. <laughs> you know, that here, you know, to live a life of mastery or, you know, what's the alternative? A life of mediocrity, you know. So living a life yeah. of mastery is in when we fall into our own, right, victims of our own uh, habits that are, you know, undesired states and to see how quickly can we get it and shift ourselves out of it for ourselves, you know. And I had this this morning that, my my husband Alan and I we got into a heated debate. <laughs> we have a lot of debates, but this was like a straight. This is like a straight out. We we went into reaction, and it was very interesting because you know we don't always have that. Who knows why or whatever? I I I have a theory, by the way, about the minefield, which I'll tell you in a second. But that we're in this state and you know i know all of us have experienced where you just want to get out of here right and within minutes we were able to shift it because when you're holding your center that way you know really living in what I consider the meditation, the meditative state, one of the five natural faculties of mind. So meditation is a practice, many different meditation we know, but it's also that state. It's like you're talking about your friend who came to visit. I guess he's a musician, right? And he's chill. It's like living in that state, chill state, you can accomplish so much not from, you know, adrenaline or frenetic or pushing and shoving, but just because that's the, that's the state where, you know, that connection source to all that is. And in that state, wow, there's a lot of that we can create and do it in a way that's that's easily done. So let's say the more that we're holding that vibration, then when we have these ordinary, uh, whatever you want to call them, aberration cycle of life, you know, <laughs> where you get into an argument with someone you love or someone you don't even know, and, you know, to be able to 
catch it, break free of it, and resume in that state from the power of your own intent for something higher, you know, for something better, for something more joyful. So for me, the mastery is, you know, always having that ability to do that. Hopefully, you know, as you said, Jean B. earlier, you know, it's not like you're going to come here and it's all a big panacea and everything's perfect, you know. Bunnies and rainbows <laughs> for everybody. No, really? But really? I find it... But, I find it really interesting, Diane, that at the end of the show, um, that's something that you brought up. And, and for our listeners, I think that I have to kind of explain the context in which I'm coming from. Before the show, we talk briefly to our guests, but we don't have long conversations. We don't ask about their life. We don't, I mean, we basically just run over how the show is going to work, but about half an hour before we were supposed to talk to Diane, I had the same interaction with my own husband that she had earlier in the day. Apparently, I'm now just finding out with hers. And so right before coming onto the show, I was in that state of agitation. And in order to to get past that that feeling before I could come on the air and do the show in, with the energy that I wanted to do it on... I had to send a, you know, I'm sorry, I love you message. My husband's a trucker. He's on the road. So if we have a, a miscommunication issue, then it's not like I can go up and hug him and make it better. So all I can do really is just send a message and say, you know, I'm here. We'll talk about it later kind of thing. And so there's that synchronistic flow to the universe. And, and how things work, that there's no possible way that Diane could have possibly known that that had happened to me about half an hour before the show came on the air. Um, yet here she is at the end of the conversation and, and in wrapping up beautifully everything that we've talked about, she brings up an example that is a real wor- world, happens to us all, from time to time example that I had just had the experience of. And that's great. So we talk about on the show, these synchronicities and the messages and the answers. And when you have a question and you need to know, they're always there. If you just open your heart and your mind to it, because I'm sitting over here listening to you just like, I'm, I'm literally leaning towards the computer, just like, yeah, yeah, okay, I hear you. Okay, message received, got it. This is how I'm going to deal with it tonight. Thank you very much. But and so but that's how it works. My desire, my my deep desire is not to fight with the man I love. Certainly not. It's to have a peaceful, harmonious relationship with the man I love. So when I'm lost in a state of angst about a miscommunication, Here along comes this beautiful stranger who reminds me gently through the process of doing the show as a guest on our show that you know how to fix this. I'm just here to remind you that it's probably going to (laughs) work. Right Right on. Because it it does, that, that 
text message or whatever it was to, to sort of let go of that vibration for a minute, that state, that field, and sort of, okay, we're going we're gonna to get into the Everyday Connection virtual sandbox. Um, I, I've, we've both experienced times when we were physically less than, less than the health we desire, and, and so maybe some coughing or this or that, and have it go away for the time of the show. And because we've we've worked to hard, well, it's not hard work. It's not like physical hard work, but we've worked to try to create a we've space. We've played so hard. Yeah, we've played, played so, so hard, hard to create, create a space. space that is that is open and is in that. And and this is my segue, I suppose. Um, that I don't know. And um, so, and, and we do have about fifteen, uh, seventeen minutes left. Talk talk just a little more from uh, one of my favorite things, listening from I don't know. Right, listening from not knowing. You're listening from not knowing. Now, this is, uh, and you think of think of the word not knowing as one word hyphenated. Yes, listening I'm very much not, not knowing. knowing. <laughs> because. It would be like, it's like this. If you go to, uh, there's listening from not knowing that happens as a matter of circumstances. So, right, you move to Costa Rica and there are things about the culture that you don't know, having not, as a resident, right? Having not lived there. Absolutely. And so... In a sense, you know, you're listening from not knowing not because of circumstances, right? So it happens naturally. Or, you, you know, any one of us, we travel to a place and, you know, all, all of us, you can be driving down the street and you'll see everything, you know, in vivid, you know, living thousands of colors because for been there before so everything is new you know the service station anything the grocery store listening from not knowing as a conscious act is not circumstantially based it's well I just said it it's an it's a conscious act of consciousness and what it does and we were talking about fields okay so what it does is if if you start to think the principle in quantum thinking holistic and holographic it's a universe of whole systems interpenetrating one another so let's say in a conversation from an old world you know industrial break everything into its constituent parts and see how it works in a cause and effect way that mechanistic model uh a conversation we're not it's not like we're thinking this it's just in the quote conditioning of the culture the beingness of it really and and it's just silently shaping things so we might think of listening and speaking as two different you know as separate so there's a distinction in quantum think I call being in one conversation. This relates, by the way, to listening from not knowing. So being in one conversation 
is the recognition, the the acknowledgement of the of the holistic nature of life, so that a conversation, one field with many voices, all participating in this one created essence that we call conversation that is not just about the words it's about it's multi-dimensionally so there's another practice that i call it listening with your whole being so you're hearing the words but it's not like oh i can parrot back i can mirror back you know they do this in marriage therapy and what did he just say you know it's not about that it's about listening turn your whole being over to this connection between you and you're not just connected with the other person you're connected with the silent infinite intelligence of the field surrounding us you know like how does intuition work how do we connect in how did that synchronicity happen that that Jean just uh, spoke about because we're in this infinitely intelligent field mind field m-i-n-g field so when you're listening from not knowing with another person or even with yourself you can do this with yourself and Owen's say something about that in a second very important right now is going forward in life but you're listening from not knowing what happens is the person on the other side this is I'm I'm putting this all together because quantum think is a system so it all you know it's all one it doesn't matter you know which way do you enter the hologram it's all one so you're kind of turning yourself over to the intelligence of the now situation of the field of the energy of the consciousness all of the above and the other person connection you're making the connection and when the other person experiences that you're listening that way then there is a freedom to be to express themselves because they're not silently experiencing the intrusion of hurry up and finish because I want to get my piece in (laughs) you know that's what I love about your show because you really do as you say you create the space where you experience as a guest I experience where there is this kind of listening going on where the listening and I always am very aware of the field of other people listening when saying, as I said the listening and speaking is just as important as the speaking and so it's when when we're speaking and I know that you then you know we go into the virtual realm so where this conversation will be being listened to in replay archive whatever beyond the limits of ordinary space and chronological time and yet 
we're still connected, all of us in this conversation right now, no matter who you are in the world or when you're listening. So we're all in it. Anyway, I went far out, but I'll bring it back to the, you know, person to person listening from not knowing. So when you're listening from not knowing, what happens is you not only experience the person anew, and this is great for keeping, you know, people want to know, how do I keep my relationships fresh? This is one very practical way, is you'll hear things and see things about that person. You know, someone you've been living with for 24, 26 years, actually, in this case, that, you know, I have to say to myself silently, let me just listen from not knowing here. Instead of expecting what I think is going to come out of his mouth. And so what happens for both people is that the quantum field, let's call it, will start to bubble up solutions, ideas, creative dialogue, ahas, kinds of things that you're allowing in this space because if the active dynamic of creation that we've been endowed with is the power of intent, you know, our, atten- our attention and focus that fills our, you know, the feeling tone of our being, we could say the passive dynamic is the faculty of allowing and allowing is an actual faculty of mind. It's not let's let the chips fall where they may, you know, whatever happens. No. It's a conscious allowing of what emerges from this field of energy, intelligence, awareness. And this is, this is you know, I'm giving, it's a big explanation for a very simple and instantaneous experience. And the only way that you can actually get this is to do it. That's the only way you can do it. It's like you really kind of got to try at it, and then it it happens one time, and you go, "Ooh, that's it." That's yeah. it. Ooh, that's ooh, it. That was it. That aha moment. It worked. And it. That's it, exactly yeah. it. I I want to magnify. Well, I just want to magnify for a moment for folks uh, that are listening this point you made about it gives this other person the freedom to express, the freedom to be who they are. And I think that there is a built-in element, you know, in in non-listening from not knowing, listening from knowing and expecting uh, and pre-believing, pre-judging that that other person can feel the box the box that you put them in and as freedom seeking beings that's like itching powder that's that's so there's a in that expectation of the other you have created a situation that is prone to irritation and aggravation and anger because it it's like you know tell them you want them to dance but you put them in chains first so they can only move in a certain way. That's and, right. And you know what? Go ahead. Well, and, and so they're irritated at being chained. You're irritated that they're not really cooperating with staying in the box you put them in. 
it, it's not a good recipe for solving a problem with your husband or solving a problem between nations. It, right. it, it, it applies exactly up and down right. the scale. Absolutely. And you know what? What happens is you lose the connection. And as I say, you know, is that once you're listening from knowing, which, again, that's more the tendency than the other. That's why we have to, you know, as a mastery practice, you just, you know, get into the habit of reminding yourself, let me listen from not knowing. Because what happens is when you don't, you actually don't hear anything. You don't actually hear anything. I mean, you may hear the words that the other person is saying, but you're not actually tuned in. It would be like if you had the radio on in the background. And so there's noise, and maybe you can make out some of the words and make sense of them. But your being is not there. It's like you're not you're not with it. So I, I say that it's like you know what is communication? It's like beyond the words. It's in the connection. It's in the field, the connective field. And when you listen this way, the quality of relationship is extraordinary it really becomes extraordinary you know what i say and you're you're so right whether it's between nations or between politicians because this is why we get so frustrated as you're saying in life where you know all you're hearing the party line you know and i don't know if you ever watch john stewart you ever see that show love john stewart there yeah. And, you know, thank God for John Stewart and yeah. Stephen Colbert because they're, you know, they're giving you that montage of all you know, the, the same talking point, right? And so you can see. Oh, come back, Diane. Of it. But there's no actual communication going on, it's a masquerade. Can you hear me now? Yes. Are we with each other? Yeah, yeah we got the masquerade. You know. Okay, yeah. It's a masquerade, you know, of communication. And it's not like that's our intention, but it's uh, these are simple awareness practices that give us the experience of literally... Well, no. I um, I will say. Hopefully, Diane will be right back while I'm saying this. But I I believe that that was the the mastery. The um, uh, I think that's what Mother Teresa did every day in the streets, Calcutta. Was she just went and did. She went and, and, and to these people that, that think they have nothing, they have no one, they're hopeless, they're, no one cares. She just went and, and, and said hello, and then when they talked, she provided that space, that field, that connection. 
and that can change somebody's life. Just the connection, just listening. Because it, it, it is an, an allowance. You know, I've said often, if everybody felt loved and accepted right where they are as they are, that we would have world peace. And that until then, we, we may not. That's, this is how you do it in, in, in communication. And I know we're focusing on one of your points, and, and, and people really need to pick up your book so that they can get all the other juicy points. But this listening from not knowing is, like you said, it, it changes. There is a richness to the, to the connection that really many people have never experienced in their whole life, or certainly not in their what they can remember. They may have experienced it with a dog when they were six months old before they learned different, were taught different. Right. Um, can you hear me now? Yeah, you're back with us. Yes. It just was a momentary bobble. <laughs> okay, you know, when you, when you said that about Mother Teresa, I, I really got tears because, you know, I felt that so deeply in my heart when you said it. And uh, it really is, it's like that, it's like that recognition or right that was in the, that from the avatar i see you right or right i you see you me? i hear you or, I, right. I, namaste yeah i read the being and you know the and it, god in me the being in self with a capital s in me recognizes the self in you mm-hmm. And I think you're just, that's made just so much sense to me on a deep level when you said that. It's just go around making that connection, making that connection. I mean, if you ever want to have a purpose in life, what could be better than that? Everyday connection. Yeah. I'll vote for that. <laughs> you can't, really. I'll vote for that. That was perfect, right, Gene? <laughs> and because and, and we, we need it so desperately at this very moment in in corporations, and I'm so glad that you're working with them and, and their leaders. We need it in politics desperately because the, 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 come, the two polarities, they don't listen to the other one. They don't. They're focused on their message. They're going to stay on message, stay on message, stay on message. You can't listen. You can't. Well, like you said, you can parrot words. You know, okay, ladies, how many times have you been in a fight with your guy and, and you say, did you hear what I said? And he just like a tape recorder spits it out. I'm telling you, I, I can do it, and it doesn't mean that I've heard it. I usually only hear it when I'm repeating it back, and then I go, holy crap, she said that. Because you're not listening when you're in that space. That's and right. You're not connecting. Right, right. You, you're, you're not, your being is not together with their being. You're having some words. And you know what it is mm-hmm. in our society when you say, we're, well, we had words. Yeah, it's not a good thing. that's true that's a good point you know we've seen where some of our clients over the years where you know they have children right or let's say they have say well you know I have a son he's 16 years old you know I just feel like I'd rather I'd like to have a better relationship with him and you know it's the uh how are you? Fine. What's new? Nothing. 
you know, the one word kind of and no connection being made. And when they start to get the, this distinction from not knowing, listening with your whole being. And just Alan, uh, my husband, has a, a beautiful practice that he uses a lot with clients, which is to create an intent that the other person experiences being heard now this is all you know different ways of saying the same thing but this is interesting twist on it because it's very active you create the intent when you go into any conversation the other person it's like the mother Teresa we'll call it the mother Teresa practice experiences being heard and when they do this and listening from not knowing and with that practice, all of a sudden they'll call us and say, you know, I had to drive my son to college and we had the best conversation we have ever had. And as you pointed out, and I want to highlight what you said, Rick, that can change a person's that can change the quality of relationship forever, like one shift in awareness, one shift in listening, one shift in a consciously generated intent like that to connect that way, and it literally changes, and I like to say transforms the past, present, and future of that relationship. It does indeed. It does indeed. It's, man, you're, you're, you're just right on it. Everybody, we're going to talk in just a second. I'm going to say one thing. We've got to wrap this up. But um, to, to be sure everybody knows how to find your book, because, um, because it is. It's, you know, why is it that all my relationships, you know, I get in a relationship, I meet somebody, and they're fun, and we're having fun, and, we, and then the, the fun just goes, and then it's just over. Well, because when you first met them, you were listening from not knowing because you didn't know them. But then once you decide that you know them, then you know how they're going to react. And so you apply that to, the, to them. And they don't want to be in that box. And you don't like them in that box. And boof, it's done. And it's very simplistic. That's it. It's very that's simplistic. exactly but, it. But no, it is. No, but that's it. If that's what I meant by circumstantial. Right. If you will keep that, consciously keep that, I don't know. You can learn things about people that you've been learning things about for 20 years or 26 and, and, and learn something new about them today. And you say, that's not possible. I lived with them for 26 years. I know exactly how they are. No, you don't. You know how they were. Mm-hmm. This is the that's best right. you could possibly and you do. Know what? And you know what? Uh, you can do this with yourself right now because let me just say uh i do want to say since you gave me the opportunity that my book is called do you quantum think do you quantum think new thinking that will rock your world that's the subtitle and my name is diane with two n's d-i-a-n-n-e collins with two l's c-o-l-l-i-n-s my website is diannecollins.com and my book, and it has lots of good audios and things on there you can look at and listen to and read. 
And my book is available on all the online bookstores in regular bookstores. And order you can order it from any local bookstore if it, if they don't have it, and it's in hardcover and in all Kindle Nook and iPad versions. My publisher would be happy if I said all that. So right, you can right. get you can get it anywhere, and I invite you. I call it a friend a friend for life. But I wanted to say something as we're as I know you're going to be closing the show about listening from not knowing to your own self because. We're in a time now where we know that, you know, we're having, uh, we're in a time of restructuring of where the, uh, our institution systems and structures, as has been built from the past, is, you know, reaching the limit of their effectiveness in the current form. We're in a new time, we're in a new age, we're in a new era, we're in a new... <laughs> Aquarian age, we're in a new whatever, fifth dimension, however you want to think about it. And so each of us are being called upon to uh, bring forth authentically who, you know, the gifts and talents and yearnings of the soul to express that we are here and like really like let's go so regardless of whatever habits you have of however you've related to yourself in the past i'm not good at that or i couldn't do that or i've never done that so how can i do But now, or I've never been in a relationship, so what makes me think I'm going to have one now? Or I would like to make more money, but, you know, that's not my family's history. Or whatever of these limiting, limited thoughts, habits that you have to know because we are born co-creators and initiators, as I say, to first of all distinguish between thought that you initiate and a thought that just visits from the surrounding mind field. Because we are in mind fields together, we've got all kinds of thoughts coming in that aren't even our own. If you were at conscious choice, you wouldn't choose that thought. You didn't initiate that thought. It just arrived. So in a sense, what I'm saying is living consciously is creating a conscious relationship to your own thinking, whatever comes in. You don't have to own it. You don't have to identify, including any of the thoughts that you've had about yourself up until this point in life. Because, quote, we're all being asked, and I think I heard you say this once on on a show, I think it was you, Jane, to be a leader of whatever it is that we are capable of. It doesn't mean you're leading an organization or, you know, a country or or even a family. It just means that it's going to take each one of us fully expressing all that unique quality that we are here to express. And in order to do that, 
it does require listening to ourselves from not knowing, knowing that we are the power of creation and that we can initiate, we can create from intent, and we can live from the context of that statement of intent. We can, it's like, it sounds corny, but you can literally be, want to be, you know, the famous Gandhi, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, is that what I'm pointing out here in the in the context of this very important listening from not knowing, which you honed in on beautifully, listen from not knowing to yourself going forward so that you can live the most exciting, exuberant, joyful life of verve and fulfillment that you ever could imagine possible. Amen. There's a sound bite for you, Jean. She likes Absolute to take sound truth. bites and make videos. Absolute truth. Right. Um, and I, I can't I can't take credit for that little piece of brilliance that was actually um, from one of our guests. Uh, so I can't take credit, but I, I do love that you have seen the Humans Are Awesome video that Everyday Connection has put out um, because that's really one of the most powerful clips that we've had through the show, which is her saying, we need to lead our own lives first. And it was an mm-hmm. absolute genius piece of brilliance, which is why I cut it and put it with a whole bunch of other brilliance. <laughs> That's what we do. Well, yeah, I love that. I love that awesome. video. I watched it. We do the, that's why we do conversational style. If we take a list of questions that people have answered 150 times, we're all in a box and we don't, we don't box. You know, we just don't, we don't even, we don't even spar. We don't box here. And that lets that brilliance come out. And, and, um, um, because I'd never thought about Mother Teresa that way till tonight either. So see, it just happens people. And it happens right regular over here. We work at it. We play at it, uh, work at it. It's a bad term. And, um, um, but there are there's some fantastic you know haven't looked at some of the material there's some fantastic other points in there like what do you do when you need to go to the shopping mall and you're going to be in a chaotic field uh, to maintain yourself because that's really mastery that's what all the masters did was master their own beingness and they were often not knowing often not knowing very much not knowing over here what um, so again, it's it's dianecollins.com with two N's, D-I-A-N-N-E-C-O-L-L-I-N-S.com. Uh, of course, that will be just below here if you're at our website listening. And uh, that is everydayconnection.me because, well, it's all about me. But whichever us me's is reading that at the time. And... Uh, Remember, everything's relative. Don't don't people come hunt me down? This big eighteen wheeler coming by, coming after me. But um, I hope everybody Absolutely. will get by and there. While you're there, check out check out that that video that we were just discussing. It's called "Humans Are Awesome." Um, it is some of the best and brightest brilliance from our 
first year, our launch in year 2011, um, many of the guests who have come back on and, and made reappearances. And of course, on the website, you can find access to all of our Connection Clip videos and to all of our archive shows. We've had too many brilliant people on um, to, to be able to name, you know, at this point, hundreds of hours of, of archived genius uh, available for you. And, and as usual, we have to remind everybody we are a show that is, is for listeners by listeners. So, you know, we just launched our yearly Indiegogo Help Us Pay the Bills campaign. So while you're there, if you love what we do, either pass it along, share it with friends, or, you know, click the donate button. We don't yeah. mind. <laughs> yeah, some, some more donations. We always so use that, a little help from our friends. So that Jane yeah. can have We'd more like time. That, that's, you know, people want to know, well, that's from 2011. Where's the cool stuff from 2012? Well, we're busy paying the bills, so help us out a little, and you'll get more of that yeah. awesomeness. Yeah, absolutely. Shameless absolutely. self-promotion. One of the fun, fun things I've ever done is, is putting that, putting that video together, but it, it does take about three days of intense not leaving my computer work to, to be able to wade through a year's worth of, of audio. So, yeah, by all means, stop by and share our stuff. We love it when people share our stuff. Share. And do get, do get by Diane's website because I'm telling you what, I can tell from our interaction this evening that she's, she's on to it, folks, if it's resonating with you at oh. all. Yeah, I mean, get, get over there. Totally, totally changed the dynamic of how I was looking at the conversation with my husband earlier. So I mean, now I know that I, well, I don't know what to expect when when we talk later this evening. But I I I do know that I'm comfortable in in that you know in the you're, opportunity to have that conversation. You're, and you're I know that it'll be good things that come out of it. Ready and yeah. willing to bring your you to the conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so awesome. There you go. Diane, thank you so much for sharing your time, talent, and treasure with us and with the world. It's just awesome stuff. I could talk for with you for hours because we got that was one point, and it's how many points? <laughs> A lot of points. A lot of points. But it has been. I have just enjoyed so much being with you both and with everyone listening as you know from hearing me i i i feel you out there everyone i do and i just thank you both for your graciousness and for just being awesome uh, well, thanks again and 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 again thank you to all you guys listening uh we really really appreciate you and uh we hope you'll join us again next time but until then to our mother to each other and especially to yourselves stay connected have a great now everybody join Jane and Rick again next time until then visit their website at everydayconnection.me and subscribe for news and updates Stop by their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everyday connection and join the conversation. You can also subscribe on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your everyday connection.
So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.